Hey everyone, welcome back to But Why the Podcast, the podcast where me, Matt, Kate, and Adrian look at the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever wherever you listen. And if you want to support us more, come check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash butwhythopc. Enjoy! Today, we are celebrating an anniversary for Smash Brothers. As always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And a super special Nintendo-loving guest, Ash. Hey. What? Thank you guys so much for having me on. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, why don't you tell everybody um, what you do? Uh, well, I happen to write for but why though podcast.com on occasion but i also have uh two podcasts one is a pokemon podcast called the safari zone and one is a star wars podcast called uh the skyhoppers podcast Ooh, you do a lot of things <laughs> i do a lot of things <laughs> too many some might say but and how about you tell everybody why we decided that you should be our smash brothers expert because i'm probably because i'm a nintendo fangirl like an unabashed <laughs> nintendo fangirl and I happen to like the Pokemon just a little bit. Just, you know. Just... What? You like po- You like the Pokemans? I know. I don't really talk about it all that much. <laughs> I know you like the Pokemans. <laughs> I quite enjoy those pocket monsters. Pocket monsters. <laughs> Is it the same thing as the Digimons? Yeah, close enough. <laughs> okay. So, Adrian is going to be leading the episode today. Adrian? Yeah. Um, so... I don't, I mean, it's Super Smash Brothers, right? This stuff is pretty straightforward. Um, We're just going to front smash through this whole hour. Um, I couldn't really give a question because I didn't know how long ago people had played Smash Brothers. I was going to ask, who's your favorite character? But like, what if you haven't played since there was only like 12 characters and then you don't? So I'll just go with, when was the last time you played Super Smash Brothers? Matt? I'm going to start with this. One, my favorite character, how long ago, was Yoshi, only because he turned people into eggs, and you just sat at the edge and popped them into eggs, and they fell off. And that's about how long ago that was, as in... I'm not surprised that that's how you played Smash. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You make people angry playing Smash. (laughs) That's that's the goal of Smash. (laughs) But as far as the whole last time I played, um... Going through the list of games, I played the one on the Wii, I think it's in 2008, and I only played it, like, briefly, like, one or two, like, rounds, and ended up playing at somebody's house one time. Um, I owned the very, very first one from the 64, which is amazing, and then I obviously played the second one quite a bit on a GameCube, but as far as the last time I played, I think it's from the third game from the Wii, but very little, so my memories of this is... The 64 game, which was amazing, especially when it first came out. Cool. Kate? Um, okay, so I played the hell out of it on GameCube. 
again, I'm pretty sure I've said it on multiple episodes, but the GameCube is the most underrated console of all time. It is yes. phenomenal, and it deserves a whole bunch of respect. And they're even have you ever tried to play a sports game on a GameCube? It is like damn near impossible. I don't care. Who plays sports games, man? Well, when the GameCube <laughs> came out in 2001, there was actually sports games. Now it might be a dead genre, but at the it, time, hey, man, you, you used to play as Echo on on, on the matter on the GameCube, man. You, I, I played that that Team Need Echo, for bro. Speed. I played Need for Speed. I played I played Tony Hawk Pro so Skater. much Zelda. Yeah, those I are all sports. Kirby. Those are all those. That's sports. That works. That's wrong. No. <laughs> I played so much That's Zelda wrong. and Animal Crossing and Luigi's Mansion and uh, so is my Nintendo fan girl showing through. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so much Animal Crossing. Ooh, Resident Evil 4. Okay, but this isn't a GameCube episode. Um, no. But Smash, <laughs> I played a whole bunch of Smash with my brother because um, when he would, when we would, he, he's nine years younger than me, so he's super young at the time. Um, but um, when he got old enough to actually play GameCube games with me and stuff, we would play uh, Smash whenever we'd start arguing. So if I wanted him to do something when I was babysitting him, I we'd, we'd take it to the Smash. Um, I kicked his ass every time, so it was never a problem. You so you just were, beat on your nine-year-old brother? I was. You were one of the one me bro, yep. your brother? <laughs> yep, all the time. It worked, and then he didn't complain. Um, and now he's a competitive esports player. So I did my job as a sister. <laughs> I did my job here. Um, he's a collegiate esports player. I, I take, I did that. I did it, your, but I'm gonna, one, I'm gonna take that. Um, one, I, one bro <laughs> uh, but I played a lot of Smash. Then, um, now actually, the last time I played Smash was two weeks ago. Uh, so in my office, they have like they have like different like relaxation areas, and one of them on our floor has a TV with um, a whole bunch of Nintendo systems. And they have um, the 64 Smash. And so after a really bad meeting, me and one of my coworkers will actually go over there and just play a couple of rounds of Smash. Um, so that was the last time I played. Who do, you, who do you play with? Who's your favorite character? Sheik. Ooh, that doesn't surprise me literally at all. <laughs> <laughs> There's no surprise there. And I say there. Sheik because... I will never. I rarely ever stay in Princess Zelda form. It always. I was gonna say. I, I'm not. Well, now they're two separate characters, I know. Yeah. and it's awesome because I just wanted Sheik. I was thinking in my head, you should be nice to Zelda, and then I was like, why Zelda is terrible <laughs> in Smash and never has been good at at, at all. <laughs> uh, what about you, Ash? Well, the last time I played Smash was about twenty minutes before we started recording this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been playing too much Smash Ultimate. Uh, it's so much. It's so much fun, and the, just the fact that it has every character in it is amazing. Uh, my favorite character, though, is Pikachu, and has always been Pikachu. I uh, wonder these, why these on-brand I, picks is just phenomenal. It's almost. But like I'm also have a Pokemon podcast or something. <laughs> I know, right? Maybe I should start one of those. Um, and then my other my other one recently has been uh, Villager from Animal Crossing. Okay, because it's just it's fun to use. You can just get on a rocket and shoot it at people and Isabel's also super fun because she has a fishing rod and you can just like reel people in and it's great um but yeah mostly Pikachu I mainly play with Pikachu and have since the melee days nice um so Super Smash Brothers on the 64 was actually my first game I had for the 64 um so I played that one so much as a kid I was like going back while doing research and look, looking at the intro videos and like looking at like 
how not great those graphics were, even though when <laughs> when I was watching it, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. That's like an actual hand. Um, I played Melee a bunch when I got my GameCube. Played Brawl with my Wii. I never got a Wii U, and I didn't have a 3DS, so I never played Super Smash Bros. 4. And then I got Ultimate for the Switch, so I've been playing a lot of that as well. Um, over the Christmassy break time, I went over to a friend's house, and we all played like eight people smash and it was just the best time it reminded me a lot of like back in the day when we, i would play melee with the gamecube um my people i play with kind of just varies um in the melee days i just play like a lot of donkey kong because i like donkey kong and if you don't know how to if people don't know how to get out of your little smash smash on the floor thing it's a lot of fun to watch people get angry um and then just punt them out um I think Lucario is probably the one I play with the most. I like Lucario and Donkey Kong. Lucario is cool. Um, so, going into some production history of the game, and then we'll move into some of the things that I think make the game um, culturally relevant. Um, so, Super Smash Bros. Like, if you don't know what Super Smash Brothers is, and you're like a video game fan, who are you? <laughs> but you're a person that gave up on Nintendo. But you still got to know what the game is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, why would you, this Switch is great, man. You you gave up too soon. I mean, isn't Ultimate like the best-selling fighting game of all time already? It's Something like that? it's okay. cr- getting up there. It's getting crushing. There. It's crushing numbers, man. It's gonna, it's going to crush basically anything that the Switch has come out so, with. So to be fair, I do want a Switch. It's just one of those. Switch. So if somebody wants to like you know like send me a switch, it'd be great. But as far as having Dude. to go buy one, that's like money. The switch, I will say, as I'm not just saying this because I'm a Nintendo fan girl. The switch is one of the best consoles, I think. Agreed. Just ever. Just the the just based on the fact that it's portable and a console. Yeah, I love yeah. the and this and already the software library is amazing. There's so much stuff to play that's really good. Even like e, like the eShop titles and stuff like and that. Just, like independent well, stuff. We were at PAX West and looking at the um they had a giant smash ultimate poster or like thing it was there in the length of their entire booth there were so many characters 75 i think or four maybe yeah. 74 I think. 74 so, 74 75 something like that yeah they'll be adding i'm sure as well they're yeah they're... oh yeah there's dlc yeah yeah um All so that they <laughs> lots of pokemans 800 pokemon <laughs> Uh, so Super Smash Brothers itself is classified as a crossover fighting video game, uh, and the series is published by Nintendo. The original Super Smash Brothers for the '64, um, some people just call it Super Smash Brothers '64, um, was developed by HAL Laboratory, a second-party developer, and its director uh, Masahiro Sakurai, who is also the creator of the Kirby series, always wanted to make a four-player um, fighting game, but wasn't sure how to go about it, just because I, at the time, new original fighting games weren't doing well in Japan. So his original idea was to do a um, original property, and it was called Dragon King the Fighting Game. If you go look at videos of it, it is, like, super cheesy and, like, blocky and does not look good, literally at all. Like, it's, like, a red guy versus, like, a blue guy. Um, didn't look great. 
so his next idea was to do basically the same kind of game, but with Nintendo characters, but he knew he would never get permission for it. So what he did was he just went away, went ahead and did it anyway and created a <laughs> prototype with Mario, Donkey Kong, Samus, and Fox as playable characters. Didn't tell Nintendo. And then like, here, Nintendo, look what I did. And they gave him the approval and the game got greenlit, which is great. I, th- I just think it's hilarious that he was like ballsy enough just to be like, I'm just going to do it anyway, Nintendo. That's it is is crazy because Smash is their most successful franchise by far. Yeah. uh, In terms of sales. And the fact that it was just Masahiro Sakurai going, eh, I'm going to do it anyway. It's kind of amazing. If your idea is that good, it doesn't matter whether you get permission. Yeah. I I was like, that's just proof that sometimes you have to just ask for permission later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it worked because um, Super Smash Bros. 64 was released in 1999 and was only meant to be a Japanese release. Like, it wasn't meant to be a worldwide release. But after, like, selling over a million copies in Japan, they opened it up to the worldwide um, audience. So, in Japan, it comes out January 21st, 1999. North America, April 26th, 1999. April 29th, Matt bought the game. (laughs) <laughs> like that was like I bought that game quick. <laughs> so there we go. And then in the EU in November nineteenth of nineteen ninety nine. So it is turning twenty here very very soon in the coming weeks after this comes out. It explodes onto the scene and does really well. Um, the craziest thing about this whole thing was going back to look at how little characters were in the original game. When the original game came out, it only had twelve playable characters, which is crazy considering we have over seventy now. But the original characters were Mario, Donkey Kong, Link, Samus, Yoshi, Kirby, Fox, Pikachu, Luigi, Captain Falcon, Ness, and Jigglypuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had nine playable stages, basically based on the characters from the games. So you had things like Peach's Castle, Sector Z, Hyrule, Hyrule's Castle, uh, Dreamland, Yoshi Place. Etc. Etc. So I also want to change my answer from the beginning. So Sheik is who I played in Melee. Um, at work, I play Samus for obvious reasons that are the that same. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I just I just wanted to put that out there because I, I didn't Yoshi want to get added. I didn't want to get added. They're like, well, uh, well she isn't even a playable character she... <laughs> in the '64 version. <laughs> Uh, so oh. you'll, you'll never find a more um actually group of people than the Smash Bros community. I found I, like, during my terrifying. research, man. Holy moly! I did not understand it was that big a deal. Like in terms of everything that's changed, and we'll get into it a little bit. But I just did not understand how in depth like this community was until I started reading. Because for like the last you know twenty years, I've just played it with my friends, uh, just playing with my friends, chilling. So I didn't know that these people were that into it. Um, but over like over that last twenty years, we've gone from um, you know a small game who we didn't think was going to get out of Japan to five total games. I guess six if you split Super Smash Brothers four. So you have Super Smash Brothers sixty four in nineteen ninety nine, Super Smash Brothers Melee on the GameCube in two thousand one, Super Smash Brothers Brawl on the Wii in two thousand eight, and then Super Smash Brothers four is on the Wii U, but it's also on the 3DS. So if you split those, and I guess it's six. Do we care about uh, the 3DS? Some people do. A lot of people. It's do. a fine version. Yeah, it's, it's not fine, nearly yeah. as good as the Wii U version was. Okay. Yeah, but it's good. It was Smash. It was portable Smash, so that was enough. Yeah. You know? Okay. And that was in 2014, and then we just had in December 2018 Super Smash Brothers Ultimate come out for the Switch, um, and then we went from 12 total characters in Smash Brothers 64 to 74. 
um, 75, depending on who you ask, in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And it was basically a small budget game on the 64 to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate selling 3 million copies in the first 11 days in so, the U.S. So I do want to talk about at least one thing, because um, I know you talked about the character expansion, but what I, at least from, because I remember some of the stages in like 64, but the stages, like just the battle stages they have, now like in Ultimate, because I've obviously watched a lot of people play and stuff on the Switch, like they're like what they do with the stages now is really cool. I like. Yeah, I the mean, stages are super great in Ultimate. Yeah, and they're well sure. done. They have a wide variety. They've added like actual elements now. That's really cool. Yeah, and you can turn off the hazard elements and stuff. It's, it's... we don't have that. If you do that, you're a coward. <laughs> I'm just saying it's stuff. <laughs> or you, you can just want to play the game without getting like a Pokemon thrown at you every five seconds. Exactly. <laughs> like maybe I just want to one v one somebody, and not worry about a car hitting. It's me. all about the Matrix. So Matt and I don't agree with on a lot of things, but we do agree on no party bumpers for video games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Um. So the first thing first, we'll just for the but why those, we'll just go into like the success of. Super Smash Brothers overall, just because, like Ash said, it is. Um, Can I one get of, like, one more fastest... question? In? Sorry, since we were talking about like I guess whatever Kate the party members thing. Um, I have because I don't really. I know it's gotten very competitive. Do they have those off or on environmental hazards in competitive play? It's off. off. Okay, yeah. so it is off. I thought it was, yeah, but yeah. I wasn't one hundred percent sure. Yeah, it's off. Yeah. Because uh, they care about, you know, the mechanics of the game. That's, that's fine. Know. That's <laughs> fair. I get it. I love environmental hazards in games. They're great. But when I love environmental I will, stuff. I will say, when you're playing with, like, four people, turn items on all day long. It's the most fun that way. But when you're one v winning somebody, it's just annoying. Like, especially if you're trying to, like, get good at the game. It's like, oh, I was in the middle of something, and now I'm getting hit by a bus. It is really <laughs> hard to teach somebody with the environmental hazards. Yeah. Yeah. And the trophy system makes it crazy when you have multiple people playing. You fly across the map and you have no idea what hits you, which is fun, I guess, if you're drunk. But not fun if you're <laughs> trying to beat your friends you haven't seen in like 10 years. That's the only way to play Mario Kart these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the series itself has been widely successful just from even like the first game. So... Super Smash Bros. 64 sold 5 million copies worldwide. It's the fifth fifth best-selling game for the 64. Surprisingly, it only has a 79 on Metacritic, but it did win IGN's Best Fighting Game. Um, 79 is surprising when you look at the rest of the ratings because they're all much higher than that. So Super Smash Bros. Melee, which is usually widely regarded as probably the best game. Uh, 79 on Metacritic? That just blows my mind, considering one, between obviously how great the stuff did and the other stuff, but two, back then, they just gave games super high ratings like all the time. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not sure why it was so low, because I, I mean, I played it when I was a kid, so I had fond memories of yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I also yeah. think that like Super Smash Bros. Melee basically like improves on any issues that the 64 had, and it kind of shows with everything that it, it was awarded. So 7 million copies only a year after its release. Best-selling GameCube game, 92 on Metacritic. Um, IGN's like Game of the Year. And this basically jumps jump starts like the tournament scene for the franchise, basically from 04 to now, essentially. Yeah, like I thought overall that it was pretty unanimous that Melee was like the best. I mean, before, before Ultimate, obviously but was, like, the best and most accessible to play 
of Smash. Well, well Brawl has some yeah. dumb crap in it, yeah. which is really what leaves a sour taste in a lot of people's okay. mouths. But Melee has been like the consistent one that people have said for the past, you know, 15 yeah. years that it's the best one. Yeah. You know, That's what um, I the, the fact that they're still playing it at a competitive level this many years after it came out is insane. Oh, yeah. I will say the only thing I can think of, like basically, because obviously Melee improved a thing, but kind of because Smash uh, the 64 one, as much as it was loved too, and what makes it amazing, I'm pretty sure it came at out at the tail end of the 64. Tail end, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So obviously, looking at Metacritic, you're like this is the best we got for like the tail end of games versus like yeah. you know the Oblivion versus basically the Skyrim of like the 360 yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you have Super Smash Brothers Brawl, which sold a lot of copies, three thirteen point, um, basically thirteen point three million copies worldwide. It's only the eighth be- best selling Wii game, but it's also because like there's seventeen thousand Wii Sports, seventeen thousand Wii Fits, and like Mario Karts and Super uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers. So I do have a question. When it comes to like that, do like the Wii Sports and the Wii Fit thing? Do they? Do they count as being sold if like they were included in like the consoles? Because yeah. basically, Wii Sports basically yeah they do came they with do. every that's console. Weird. Yeah, so like yeah, those Pat, that's why Mario and Duck Hunt is one of the that's why Mario and Duck Hunt is one of the highest selling games of all time is because it was packed in with the NES. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. interesting. Because I also know basically a bunch of old nursing homes just bought so many Wiis <laughs> for all their old people and. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that Brawl sold so many copies because everybody and their mom literally had a Wii. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so amazing how many things, how many copies of the Wii were sold. It's crazy. That is the only system my mom has ever waited in line for. My mom bought her own Wii. Yeah, okay, yeah, no. My, mom, my grandparents my mom bought, bought their own Wii. Us, but... <laughs> my mom bought it for herself. She wasn't even in the country. She's like, I'm going to be doing me some Wii Fit. <laughs> and then it turned into, I'm just going to sit on the board and drink wine. And look at my Wii Fit. But... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because if you if you look at the numbers for like what the best selling games for the Wii, the Wii Sports is far and above the most bought game at eighty two point eight six million copies. But it was like automatically with the yeah, you got it for free when you bought a Wii. Hey, but you know, (laughs) still counts. Still counts. Mario Kart Wii though does have thirty seven million copies sold at number two. And then it just kind of has like we play, we fit, so we weird. fit plus. Well, that's what I'm saying. The Mario stuff doesn't bother me and stuff, but that's why I asked because I know Wii Sports and Wii Fit for like especially Wii Sports just came with the consoles. That's why I figured I'd ask. Yeah, come on, man. 82 million copies, man. That's got to be a record somewhere. Uh, <laughs> it's so Super Smash Brothers Brawl, despite all of you know it only being the eighth best selling, had a 93 on Metacritic. And basically jumpstarts the addition of third-party characters. So in, in this one, we get Solid Snake and Sonic. Um, it was GameSpot's fighter fighting game of the year, which looking back, I don't really agree with since it didn't overtake Melee in the competitive scene, which we'll get into like yeah. a little bit later on. Um, but because there was like uh, they made so many changes like to make it more accessible that they kind of like dumped it down a little bit, and it just made high-level play not as not as dynamic, and basically. It gets skipped over a lot in terms of. Also, they put they put some nonsense in it, like you yeah. can just randomly trip. Yeah, the tripping Ooh. thing was dumb. Yeah, like yeah. Little, like a lot like a lot of stupid little mechanics there um, that just didn't make it as good of a game as Melee. So a lot of people just stayed on Melee. Um, but then you have Super Smash Brothers Four, one for the 3DS, 
sold quite a bit of copies, so 9.3 9.35 million copies worldwide. It was nominated for the best handheld and mobile game in 2014, but lost the, but lost to Hearthstone. I'm not gonna lie, is... when Hearthstone came out in 2014, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's I still play Hearthstone on my phone like every day. Um, it had an 85 on Metacritic. The Wii U only sold five million copies, but is the fourth best selling game on the Wii U and won the best fighting game of the year, beating out the 3D 3DS version and has a 92 on Metacritic. Um, I don't really remember playing this one too much, only because I didn't get a Wii U and I didn't have a 3DS. Did so anybody I get it? Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, which is, I it's got funny. a Wii U. Oh, yeah, see, this is why Ash is on this podcast right here. I know. You can tell us about the yeah, Wii U. I, I loved my Wii U. I didn't, I, I didn't get it. I was also. like one of the five people on the planet who really liked the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Super, the Super Smash Brothers 4 was like meant to bridge the gap between people who were mad who were mad about Brawl, but still wanted like the melee elements. So and before we went, uh, can, uh, since you said you had a, you played them both, correct, uh, Ash? Can you like give us a little difference yeah. between the 3DS and the Wii U version? So, I mean, there is a seven. mechanic. Mechanically speaking, there. It's been a while since I've played them, to be honest. But mechanically speaking, I think they're the same. They have the same characters. I'm not sure if they have the same amount of stages or if there's exclusive stuff. It's basically the same game, except one's on the 3DS and has worse visuals. I mean, um, and I would assume too, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like um, the mapping system or like mapping Smash controllers would be really easy as something because they're simple. Like. I think Smash has the simplest con- controls out of any fighting game. Yeah. And also, there's kind of a universal control scheme for Nintendo stuff. Like, their handhelds mm-hmm. have the same button configuration for the most part. Like, minus an extra thumbstick and stuff like that on the 3DS. But um, it was basically the same thing. You know, D-pad, uh, circle pad thing. I'm not even entirely sure what the thing on the 3DS was called. ABXY. You know, so it was. Pr- I I imagine it was not very difficult, and also you could use your 3ds if you had Smash Four on the um, Wii U. You could use your 3ds as an extra controller hmm. if you wanted to, which was kind of cool and helped a lot when you had a bunch of friends over. Um, but yeah, they were basically the same game. Think- and I know there's going to be some people who are going to who know all about the tech and complicated S- stuff that are going to tell me I'm an idiot, but. So I guess the main, at least in my experience, they were basically the same thing. So, so definitely wasn't just like it wasn't a direct port per se, though. It was, it was, no, it wasn't a direct port. They're two okay. different games. I think they were developed by two different groups of people. But okay. for all intents and purposes, it was a port okay. for the most part. They launched on the same day and they had the same characters and stuff, so it really didn't matter at the end of the day. True. But. Yeah, and it's the only I guess. Well, I guess doesn't really count anymore, but it's the only one that was a handheld title, but your Switch is basically a handheld title yep. now. Um, yeah, so like the games are pretty similar. I mean, they even were nominated for a lot of the, the same things, so they were two separate games, and like I said, like one beat the other one out for like best fighting game of the year. Um, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but even though a lot of people didn't play Super Smash Bros. 4, it basically took over people who didn't want to play Melee competitively. So there, up until Ultimate came out, there was a pretty big Super Smash Bros. 4 competitive scene outside of just Melee because no one wanted to play Brawl competitively. <laughs> well, there was a big there was a big divide in the community for a long time between yeah. Smash 4 players and Melee players. It was a yeah. whole thing. Yeah, it was a whole thing I was wow. reading about. It. I was like, I thought, no, who bought a Wii U? I, I didn't know people even cared about Super Smash Bros. 4 because <laughs> there wasn't a Wii U. I think it was the only reason people bought a Wii U. But it came out too late in the Wii U's lifespan to kind of save it. Yeah. Unfortunately. 
And then we have Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which uh, at least at this point, from like the numbers I could find, it sold five million copies worldwide in just December. But I'm sure those numbers are going to change between like now and now and when the episode comes out. Um, but it is the fastest selling Switch game in the U.S. and the U.K. It was Amazon's highest selling video game last year, and it's the Switch's most pre-ordered game. And has a 92 on Metacritic, so I'm pretty sure by the end of the year it's going to be just smash numbers in terms of um, console or game sales for the Switch. I would like recommend buying a Switch just to play Super Smash Brothers. Like that's how good the game is, I think, and how fun the game is. Oh yeah, it's totally worth it. Um, so success, good uh, out of the way, and I think a lot of it has to do for its kind of like new spin on fighting games, where it kind of toes the line between casual and then like super competitive, like where you can just play with your friends. And then you can, like, 1v1 your brother and getting him into doing chores. Um, and then he can never beat you because you're just so much better than him. <laughs> like, there's, like, there's, like, that weird line in this game. And it just, it's really weird because, like, the gameplay, it's different than other games where you have, you know, in other fighting games, you have depleting life bars. And Super Smash Brothers, you're focused on launching players off the map um, or out of bounds or you not falling off because you missed your jump. Um <laughs> Characters have a damage total which rises as they take damage. As a character's percentage rises, the character can be knocked off progressively farther by an opponent's attack. So it puts that element in it that I don't you don't really see in kind of other fighting games that are probably more popular. So the, and I was gonna say also like oh sorry go ahead. I was gonna say sorry. basically this aspect of fighting games was the only reason like that I actually enjoy this game because I cannot stand the traditional old school fighting games. Like the depleted health bars, like I don't care for Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Tekken. Tekken went horrible, but I don't like it either that much. Any other ones, but for some reason, the way they've done it with this, I've enjoyed. There is, it's incredibly satisfying in a way that other fighting games aren't sometimes because of the whole knocking people off the stage thing. Like you can miss a jump and knock and kill yourself. And it's just, it, especially when you get like eight people playing and you can't really see what's going on and everything is just complete madness the other day we had eight people and we were all playing kirby and that was ridiculous <laughs> um, so yeah I say... uh, but when you like when you knock somebody off the stage it is incredibly satisfying more so than like depleting a health bar in my opinion and i love fighting games i'm a huge street fighter fan and mortal kombat and all that stuff but there's something about smash in the gameplay that makes it kind of Specifically when you have, like, more than two people playing, it makes it super fun. So, I mean, like, it's not... So, platform, like, platform and knocking people off, like, that's not necessarily unique to Smash. The way they do it is unique. But, like, that's one of the reasons why I love Soul Cal and I love Tao Fang Enter the Lotus was because you had completely um, interactive environments and you had platform aspects where knocking people off was... It, it's so fun. Um, Smash does do it entirely different in that, like, you can recover because, like, if I get knocked off a platform in Soul Cow, I don't get a chance to come back on. I'm just off. Um, as well yeah. as if I, I rolled, if I dodge out off the platform too, or I'm doing a move and I miss, I can still go off the platform. So, um, I love that satisfying quality, but for me, like, it's like the opposite. I get super, like, the satisfying piece for me about Smash is that I can actually save myself if I'm getting hit off. I can try to jump to get back because um, I always think that that's fun. And then most of the time I just die because it was my own fault for not realizing I was off the yeah. platform soon Or it's, it's even, um, for, for me, it's like the aspect of like, even if you're getting your ass kicked, you still got a chance yeah. to hit to hit your combo. But if you're like, like a health depleting game, if you just get comboed, you're just fucked. Yeah, I mean, like, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean the, ma the madness that happens, especially when you're playing with multiple people. It's just insane because, I mean, there's times when you're like, you're, 
you got knocked off, but you take the other person down with you, and the, and you save yourself, but they get killed because they were trying to be a jerk and knock you off the stage. There's, like, so much fun to be had, yeah. especially because it's more of a party game than a fighting game, I think. Yeah. Um, like, I think And, you know, it destroys friendships and relationships <laughs> and all that. <laughs> uh, like, every good video game should. Every good multiplayer video game should. Put this way, egging oh, somebody yeah. when they're, like, at 0% and they die is amazing. You get full <laughs> health. Yeah, so <laughs> um, um, I mean, like... I, I, I love fighters. Um, I don't like the traditional fighters. So I, I hate Street Fighter. Sorry, Ash. I actually, I'm probably one of the, first, I'm like one of the only people who loves fighters, but hate Street Fighter. Um, but like the thing that I love about Smash is actually when it comes to getting new people into fighters, you can, you, you don't have to know prior fighting knowledge. Like you don't ha- have to like know the combos. You don't have to have known how to play game, like other fighter games to come into it because that that bar in traditional fighting games is what keeps it such an exclusive community. And the fact that Smash is super accessible is really awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of that comes down to the controls because controls yes. are so simple in this compared to yeah. to Street Fighter, even compared to like Mortal Kombat and things like that. So the controls are greatly simplified compared to other, those other fighting games with one button being used for a standard attack, one button being used for special attacks, and then you like have your jumps. Um, and that's more, more or less it and like the most simple simple way to say it uh so you can perform different kinds of moves by holding the directional controls up down to the side or a neutral position all giving you different attacks based on that attack or that special button and it comes down to three basic actions in super smash brothers so attacking grabbing and shielding which is usually described as kind of like the rock paper scissor analogy so attacking beats grabbing grabbing beats shielding and shielding beats attacking um and with those just simple moves, there's so many different combos, depending on which character you're playing, um, you know, throwing in like the dash aspects to it. So there's no like, you know, up, down, up, down, B, right, control, C, uh, do a backflip, and then you do your special. It's, you know, finding out what your character does and those combos in, in that Which, realm. Which, as we were talking about controls, so the one fighting game I did like was Killer Instinct, and then when they brought it back, I was so excited because I played it when I was a kid. And then I spent 45 minutes and I could not beat the tutorial because I could not do the controls. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm never yep. playing this again. Well, That's also why I hate the Mortal wonderful... Kombat, too. Or I don't hate Mortal Kombat. I don't like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> the, controls. the thing with Smash that I always really liked, especially when I was playing it as a kid, is you can literally just mash the A button with your friends and yes. still have a good yeah. time. So, yeah. you know, because I, you know, it's, it's, it's. And it's still, to this day, you can just mash the A button and still have a great time. And then when you figure out a combo, it's like, oh, I didn't know how to do that. How did I do that? You know? So there is one one exception to that. So my fun fact is that um, Ryu from Street Fighter, when he got added into into Smash, he is the only character that maintains his original controls from Street Fighter. So when you play Ryu, you're actually playing with Street Fighter controls. And that's why nobody plays Ryu. Yeah. <laughs> gross. It's awful. so yeah. gross. <laughs> That's also why people are like, oh, I'm going to play him. And then they suck with it. It's because for some weird reason, they decided that this is the one character that will keep his controls. Because I don't even think Ken has his controls. Um, but no, Ryu. Ken, I think, does have oh, his does? controls. Okay, yeah. Because so they... Ken is an Echo Fighter. Yeah, okay, so, that makes sense. Which, which basically means, for those of you guys who don't know, it, it's just basically the same character with a few differences and a different, like, coat of paint. Yeah. Um, I haven't played Ken yet, so I don't know that. Yeah, so that was that's like my my one big fun fact, which I don't know how I like came to know that fun fact because I I I, I don't yeah I don't like. Yeah, no one I know ever plays. 
doesn't play Ryu or Ken, so I had no idea. Because in 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 my opinion, you don't play Smash to play Ryu. You play Smash to play freaking Kirby or Samus or Yoshi or or someone. Yeah, yeah. Those those third party characters are fun, and I get why people like playing Snake and Cloud and all them. But even for me, just Nintendo fucking another fighter. Sorry. Then hey hey, do you guys not realize that we're not supposed to be just yelling the f word over and over again? Fuck 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 fuck. There you go. Do you guys get it out? I'm sorry, Ash, but it's just like sorry. Uh, <laughs> so I like though. So those other third party characters that you mentioned, Ash, I can understand those. But like Ryu has his own fighting game, and he has his own fighting mechanics. If you want to play that, go play Street Fighter. Yeah, I don't know why Ryu and Ken are in there. To be honest, like I get yeah. Sonic, I get Solid Snake. I remember when Solid Snake was announced to be in Smash, it, the internet was met with just such excitement and confusion. Um, but, and I get, I get like having like the Castlevania guys in there because that's kind of a Nintendo thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it started out on the uh, the SNES and the NES, so I, I, I get like having Simon and Richter in there. But uh, Ryu and Ken is one of the, the. I, I totally agree. I don't know why they're in there. To be honest, because it's like if I wanted to play this, I'd go play Street Fighter. <laughs> Uh, and the beauty of it is there's 70 characters now, so you can just, like, never play them, ever, never, <laughs> never touch them. Um, which, if they would have came out, like, when there was 12 characters, it might have been a little bit different. Um, another big aspect of Super Smash Bros., and we already talked about it a little bit, is kind of the items and the, kind of the rule sets you can do that add in a whole bunch of variation to the game. So you're not playing the same game every time. You can add things in, take things out. Um, so items, the different kinds of items, like the battering items that help you like knock people off um, and smash people, uh, throwing, shooting, recovery items, which all can be a toggled on or off depending on how many items and how much craziness you want to play with. Then the two modes, time mode. I don't know who the play, who plays time mode. I don't know who does that. Time but time, my brother-in-law. Really? That's <laughs> so weird. Can we ask uh, why? Time mo- <laughs> what was that? Can we ask why? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so time mode uses a point-based system in which each fighters earn points for knocking um, out their opponents and lose points for being knocked out. The player with the highest score at the end of the time limit wins the match. Um, then you have stock mode, which is the more universally one that's played, and it's basically a survival mode where you have three lives or however many lives you decide to have, and whoever doesn't lose all their lives wins. Um but no matter what you do, there's different ways you can play it in the starting menu where you can just have the craziest things go on or you can just have the basic kind of competitive route of just 1v1ing somebody with no items or um, and stock in the stock. Mode. So the funny thing is, as much as obviously we've mentioned before, I am all pro environmental hazards. I don't like when they add like random items like the battering items or throwing items or like shields or something. I, I don't know why. all the items. I don't. Like, I love environmental hazards, but I'm not a fan of, like, random items being thrown in. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's why I play with items turned off the majority of the time. It's like, because sometimes you just want to play and you don't want to get hit in the head with a hammer or a Pokemon thrown at you or like, oh, suddenly there's a magic giant dragon that's killing me. What What is yeah. happening? You know, there's, I, so I understand why for competitive play, they turn items off. Right. I think yeah. just, like I said, I just mentioned because it's funny. I like if there's a random thing that just swings down while the map's shifting in the platform disappears and you're screwed but if they give you a throwing star i don't like it (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's one of the other things about smash that i really like is that you can turn off specific items 
So if you just yeah. want to play with like weird environmental hazards, you can do that. If you just want to play with Pokeballs, which we've done before, you can do that. That's uh, the all on brand thing ever. I know. I'm like, I'm not surprised. <laughs> just all hammers. When Sma- the day after Smash came out, me, my Safari Zone co-hosts, and a couple of our friends, we played an all Pokemon thing of Smash, where we just did the only items we used were Pokeballs, and we only played Pokemon characters, which is probably the most on-brand thing we've done. <laughs> um. <laughs> um yeah, and that's like that's a lot of variety. So, with like this these like basic game mechanics and with like things like the items, if you throw in this the large variety of characters that the game has now, it creates a lot of unique play styles um, that kind of compensate for having such simple controls. So, there are there is like a tier list now, and you know there's a meta game in the competitive scene. But if you one trick, like if you're like the best damn Zelda player in the world. You could probably beat a lot of people if you're really good at Zelda. I don't know who mains Zelda, but like, it's a thing that you could do. Um, well, the best the best player in the world for melee mains Jigglypuff, which is not a good character, but he likes Jigglypuff and he makes it work. And he's amazing. the best player in the world. So you can do you can do whatever you want, really. Well, I mean, yeah. and that's yeah. one of the cool things that I've always enjoyed about like watching pro fighters. Like, I, I hate the pro fighting scene for the most part. But I always like watching them because they always seem to gravitate towards really, really crappy characters and or like extremely hard to handle characters. And they make something out of it because I think it comes into one of those things where like people don't expect you to play that character. And so nobody is really and I think in something like Smash, knowing what your other character does really helps um, understand how to continue it's almost like the entire, oh, yeah, like especially with the rock paper scissors mode, and then like knowing what the specials, like what each, like the what what is special to that character. Like I think for me, one of the things that I like about Smash is I feel like I have to know my character a lot more than I do in other fighting games. Um, so I guess we need a question going on that. So I'm assuming there's some type of tier list of characters since you said one character's worse or good or whatnot. Yeah, there's yeah the like as soon as Ultimate came out, a lot of like the pro players put out tier lists of like who's so, like S tier, A tier. So as far as the tier list goes, is there a tier list based on like a difficulty? Because what I do know about a lot of pros and a lot of the, depending on the game, especially like in MOBAs, where there are characters that you're like the casual player really does horrible. Like the character does horrible in like you know regular casual scene and whatnot because the characters are just difficult to play. But if you do master the character, then it's a large payoff because their abilities or whatever they do does it a lot better than the casual thing. So you see it a lot more in the competitive scene. So I don't know if there's like a payoff sort of like there, that. There's definitely characters like that. There's ones that are really hard. there's ones that are really easy to use and you get really quick results. Like King K. Rule in Ultimate is probably the most recent example of this. But there's some characters where it once you learn all the it's referred to in the community as like tech. As soon as you learn all the tech and stuff, you can get incredible results with it. Um, but there's some characters that are just easy to use from the beginning. Like King K. Rool, Villager is another one of those. Pikachu's pretty easy to use. Donkey Kong, because you can like slam people into the ground. Um, but at a higher level of play, people know what you're going to do with those characters, so you can't really use them unless you're thinking outside the box. Yep. Um... Yeah, so if you like go if you like go look at the tier list, um, the one that I'm looking at from five days ago, Pikachu's S tier. Yeah, Pikachu's always been uh, S tier. Yoshi, uh, Peach, Daisy, Inkling, Lucia, Marth. You know, a lot of the same characters that have been. Inkling is stupid. Yeah, a lot Inkling of the... is stupid. <laughs> good. 
stupid yeah. good. So a lot of them has been so I was characters say- that have been good for a while, but these newer characters like Inkling are making their way into kind of those S tier. And just for clarification, um, if you're listening, you don't know what a tier list is. Um, S tier is like god tier. It is the top tier that you can get in in fighting games and tiers. Um, and then it goes down A B C D. Um, they also basically do it off of racing games. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a tier list, but you know, if you're the best damn Zelda player Kirby's or the best Jiggly Puff player. Okay, so I want to know is Inkling stupid as in stupid really really good, or stupid as in like she's really Ink- good, but we just don't like this character. I've watched people play it. Uh, her, I believe, it. is it her or it? Ink- I'm not sure. What. Inkling is really good, which is why I hate playing against it. And it's because it's a mechanical thing. Like Inkling will cover you in paint, yes. and then you get trapped, <laughs> and then you're there for 30 seconds. And the person you're playing goes up, grabs a drink from the kitchen, comes back, and you're still trapped. That's so funny. and and you just That's get your you cheap. just get your. Yeah, I have a feeling that Inkling's getting patched uh, one of these yeah, days. But do you I've seen to... a lot playing with Inkling and people are like, they're super good, and I've seen that a lot. And I'm just like, I don't know if I would like be able to play against the person who plays this character because this just seems really... Yeah, my, my, my brother-in-law is an Inkling main, and it is so annoying. It is just... I'm sure your brother-in-law's a nice the worst. guy, but he's so... Oh, he's guy. a very nice guy. <laughs> but... <laughs> don't like him. No, uh, another fun fact. Um, so looking at the tier list... Uh, Ryu and Ken are A tier for Smash. Um, Ryu's D tier for uh, Street Fighter. <laughs> so, the more you know. <laughs> yeah. Tier lists are weird because they change all the time. Yes. Because things oh, get yeah. patched out. Oh, yeah. Like, B- Bayonetta in Smash 4 was the best character you could play, and it she's just she's not that anymore because they balanced her out. Which is kind of unfortunate because I really like Bayonetta, but yeah. yeah, it changes all the time. They patch stuff out, they change things, they add characters, and then suddenly something becomes obsolete. It's an ever-evolving metagame. Oh, yeah, yeah. ever-evolving metagame, and even if you don't even care about metagame or tier lists, there's such a wide range of characters from like Super Super Mario, F Zero, Fire Emblem, Bayonetta, like Ash just mentioned, Pokemon, Duck Hunt, Donkey Kong, Mega Man, Kirby, Persona, like. Castlevania, there's just such a wide list now, especially with all the additions of the third-party um, characters. Like you're bound to find a character you like to play, or at least you have like some connection to, and you can just play that character all day and get really good with that one character um, with over 70 characters to choose from, even if it is Ryu or Ken. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I've been like, I, which I don't know why I'm dropping so much Street Fighter in here, but like, it just, it just. Yeah, it you don't even me. like Street Fighter. I don't know. Trying... Get out. Get out of here. <laughs> no, it just, it just amazes me because like Ryu has repeatedly, like, he's just lived in D tier for so long on Street Fighter, but then in Smash, he's A, and I'm, it, it confuses me. It confuses me. <laughs> yeah, so like with larger. Game. So with like the larger fighting pool that allows you like to play with your favorite characters against other people's favorite characters and just kind of like that just fun aspect of it, I really do think it is more of a party game as well. Um, and doesn't require like some uber micro mechanical play like a Street Fighter or a you know Mortal Kombat or an Injustice would. I think it's it's just always been more appealing to me over any other crossover fighting game. Because I do love Marvel versus Capcom. I love uh, M- Mortal Kombat versus DC, even though everyone hates it. But I just think like the the this game strikes the casual versus like pro player balance so much better than any other crossover fighting game that there is, which makes it just more fun to me to play 
um, at a given moment, especially now with the Switch and it's like accessibility. It's just so easy just to pick up a controller and play it now. I don't have to worry about getting a big ass uh, uh, MAME cabinet thing to play a (laughs) video game at my house. And I didn't know how much to talk about it just because I don't know how many people care about like the single player aspect of these games. But I've always kind of liked them and I kind of really am enjoying playing the ultimate version of it single player. Um, so even if you're not really like, good at fighting games, you can still have fun playing through some of these single player things and unlocking characters and things like that. If you're um, a completionist and you just want to go unlock all the trophies and do all that stuff, there's stuff for you there. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on like the single player aspect of any of these games, Ash? The, I definitely think the best one was the subspace emissary from Brawl. Uh, I felt like a single player mode was really lacking from Smash Four, and I'm I really like World of Light in um, Smash Ultimate. I've never personally played it for the for the single player. Like I said kind of earlier, I've always treated it more as like a party game than a fighting game. I don't play it by myself or play online all that much um, because to me, I think it's just more fun to have people in the room that you're screaming basically, at. Basically, if you play by yourself, you're just a you're just a weird person. In Ash's eyes. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> You're getting batted by all the competitive Smash players, Ash. Personal preference. No, I've as never I leave here to be a go play Smash, Smash player. As I go play Smash by myself after this recording, I'm just going to think about oh, how no, Ash thinks I'm... I'm just saying because I assume all competitive Smash players just play by themselves a whole bunch. Well, I yeah, I imagine you have to. Um, <laughs> but, or you play online, which yeah. uh, playing online right now is hell if you have anything less than perfect internet. So it's, it's a whole yeah. thing, but... Um, I think the single player stuff is really cool. I like, there's just something weird, uh, something like that uh, makes me really happy seeing a bunch of Nintendo characters together in a cutscene. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've always, I've always said like a Super Smash Brothers anime would be really cool. Oh, that would um, be so there's just that nerdy part of me that's like, Kirby's talking to Zelda, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I've always liked the single player stuff. Yeah, and um, and we were going, coming into these episodes like, well, what are we going to talk about? There's really not much change in between games, and there really isn't a whole bunch of like major changes other than them adding characters. And then with like the example of Super Smash Brothers Brawl, where they added in like stuff like tripping. Um, but it seems like uh, Sakurai like really wants to make a game that's ha- makes everybody happy, and I think they've really struck that with Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And it doesn't feel like a reskin of Super Smash Brothers Four or even Melee. Um, which I think is a really great addition to a game that really hasn't changed all that much in 20 years. Well, I think the great thing that Smash has that some of these other fighting games don't is they can always add new characters, and that keeps things really fresh. Like, they can be like, we're putting Cloud in it. We're putting Ryu in it. We're putting, you know, King K. Rool in it. And that's enough for a lot of Nintendo fans. Just like I was mentioning earlier, seeing Kirby and Zelda talk to each other in a cutscene. There's there's enough of Nintendo fans who are like, oh my gosh, you can, you can, do King K. Rule versus Link? That's awesome. <laughs> you know, that, that enough people will keep coming back to it um, over and over again. And they keep, they do enough things, and they also wait. The thing with, like, something like COD is, like, there's a new one every couple of years or every year. Same thing with, like, an Assassin's Creed or something like that. Sadly. With this, you're waiting, like, five years between games. And that is enough... Uh, time so by the time that the new one comes out you've been playing the old one for four years that anything new just seems fresh and innovative and interesting yeah, yeah. Nintendo's and always, the co- I was gonna say Nintendo's always done that well where 
basically Nintendo's had like five franchises for like ever, and they just as long as you get enough time period for people forget what they're playing to get a brand new one, they're happy. I will say, um, I mean that's how Pokemon survived yeah, all these years. Yeah. But uh, I will say it's been good because you talked about all the different characters and the variety of everything, and we mentioned all the like the negative stuff where like Ryu and Ken play with all their, uh, you know, you have to use their original controls or whatnot. But I do know like they've done pretty well, like even with like. I guess highlighting the characters, how they are in general, because I know it came out and we had all the funny videos where basically if a character could not swim in the game that they're from, they basically died when they hit water. And so, yeah. and so I didn't know how much more they had, at least from my thing, they, they, they do a pretty good job of being consistent to the actual characters themselves from where they get them. Yeah, and I think that's why it's so appealing to a lot of people is, like, all of the moves and stuff that, like, Snake has makes sense for Snake's mm -hmm. character if you're a fan of Metal Gear. Like, uh, Villager, all that stuff makes sense for that particular universe. Sonic, you know, all these different third-party characters in particular. Um, and it just shows that they, like, they, they care about it. Yeah. You know, they care that they know these characters mean a lot to a lot of people and to see them kind of put that effort in is really cool. And I think that that's really amazing. I think, and I think it's something that's only really obtainable by using the simplistic um, control system because I think like having played, like I, you're right, Adrian, I think you are the only person that likes Mortal Kombat versus DC. I hate that game so much. Um, you can, <laughs> like with complicated controls, you can really easily lose the essence of a character when you're, pretty much blending franchises especially so many at one time that i think having such simple controls allow each of the characters to keep their individuality and not feel like you're just playing the same thing with a different face um and i think yeah because even special because even like the echo characters like um ash was mentioning earlier still feel different enough where if you're if you never knew that you were playing like an echo character i don't think you'd ever know unless mm -hmm. you knew you know, if you played the like the mirrored echo of it, so they're even able to keep stuff fresh with stuff that's not so fresh. If that makes sense, even like Isabel in the Villager, which is the most—they're not exactly an echo fighter, but they have similar kinds of um, moves and combos and stuff like that. But even that, it's like there's so much character infused to the fighters that they feel like different people. Like Isabel feels different than the Villager because of like whether that's her taunt or you know, her final smash or whatever, it's enough to um, make those characters stand out. And every character is like that. Except for some of the Fire Emblem guys who feel a little bit of, yeah. of the same thing. Yeah. Um, that's that's like the one complaint people have had with Ultimate is there's too many Fire Emblem guys in there, but <laughs> I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. so yeah, they've done, a re they've done a really good job over the years keeping things from feeling boring yeah. and uh, derivative. Yeah, yeah. Really and, and, and even if you like Super Smash Brothers Melee, you can still play it, and it's the and you're fine. Like you don't have to move on to like the new games. And you really see that kind of like in the competitive, um, the competitive area, which will will be like my last kind of like important thing for Super Smash Brothers because so much is talked about the competitive scene, even though it's really like not that super super big, but like it's big within the communities of like people who play it. It's, it's um, getting big. 
though. Like it, like this. I mean, it, there's so many streamers now who are doing it that have made it yeah. super popular, and it's at Evo now, which yes. is incredible. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. Smash was something that like was happening on, like on a small stage, and I think I also think the fact that there's been a rise in not traditional, not I don't want to say traditional fighters, but like um, Dragon Ball Fighter Z and like all of these other fighting games that aren't traditional um, competition fight games and stuff that doesn't necessarily require a cabinet is becoming like larger and larger in pro in, in pro fighting that i think that like smash and i think you're completely right ash like with streamers like smash is it the large community that existed is coming to the forefront of actual fighting tournaments well yeah and, and now there's there's money in uh-huh. it i mean not as much as like you know I hate to say mainstream fighting games. No, but that's, that's, that's what they are. Yeah. No, they're, I mean they're, that's. They're, they're I mean that, that's my point. Like in, in terms of like it being, I'm not saying it's not big now because like when, when we go to conventions, I love watching the Super Smash Brothers, you know, melee competitions. I'd rather watch that than any other like Street Fighter or anything like that. But the prize money just hasn't been there in like yeah. the last uh, twenty years or so. It's getting there, but it's definitely not as big as a Street Fighter or an Injustice or a. Well, well, I, I would, I, I would what's actually, crazy? I would actually say that it's probably bigger than an injustice. <laughs> if you go, inju- if you go, I looked to go I, see like the no, no, it's not because no. if you go look at like the prize pool, injustice has some of like really big prize pool money. Is that because on... DC is pumping money into it though? I don't know. Like, I don't oh, know. I know. There's I was, been I was just as surprised been, as you were. There's been Smash tournaments where like third place walks away with like a hundred bucks. Oh yeah. But I think well, it's insane. There, there was most uh, recently there was a top player, a top Smash Four player whose name escapes me, who said I'm not. He said I can't go super hard in the competitive scene for Ultimate because I have to stream and being yep, away yeah. and going to tournaments just isn't financially oh, yeah. responsible yep. for me. So I think I think a lot of this is going to change now with Ultimate, like because I've seen it where it's moved from like side stages to main stages now. But I think the reliance on Melee or um, Smash sixty four is one also one of the reasons that it's like kind of hindered its growth and i think ultimate yeah. is really really just going to open it up to be even yeah bigger. like for example a guy named foxy grandpa won fifty thousand dollars for injustice 2 in 2017 and the highest as of was this june 2018 uh mena rd in street fighter 5 won two hundred fifty thousand dollars yeah. <laughs> and Injustice, this guy named Dragon won $150,000 for Injustice 2 in October 2017. Yeah. Okay. So, for whatever reason, people are playing that... a lot of money to play Injustice 2 for some reason. That confuses me so Going. Much. Going back to what Kate said about people relying too much on Melee and that kind of hindering its growth, I absolutely agree. Like, there's only so much... I stopped watching Melee stuff, like, three years ago because yeah. it just got boring. Like, there's there's only so much you can do with a 15-year-old game. Yeah. Um and I think with Ultimate, some of those Melee players are moving over to yeah. Ultimate because of streaming yep. and because of the online fan community. So I think you're going to see the competitive scene shift. Um, and Melee, I'm not going to say that Melee is going to get pushed out of the spotlight, but I think that the focus is going to be on Ultimate. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's already it's already it's, shifting for, for sure from what I, I mean, was... You're, you're, there's already tons of melee streamers who started streaming ultimate just because it yeah. makes more sense yeah. to do yeah. that. Yeah, so I know like a few years ago because we've been to obviously a lot of esports conventions, mm-hmm. and I I knew melee was big, but then like I saw it like you know like be like 2016 or something like that, and like we'd see it at convention, and I'm like they're still playing this. Yeah, and I'm like why? There is there's a bunch of people in the community, and I'm not saying this to like rag on melee players. I get why people play melee, but there's a bunch of people in the community who. You know, after Brawl came out and changed a lot of the things, they just refused to let go of Melee. 
Um, and I don't think those guys are going to go away anytime soon. But no. I think maybe in the bigger fighting game tournaments like Evo and stuff, you're not going to be seeing melee stuff in a few years. Oh, yeah. You're going to be seeing more ultimate yeah. stuff. Just because it makes sense for the tournament and the players yeah. to be playing this game that everybody's And I also think, about. too, it's, I think yeah. it's also one of those weird things when you come to competitive scene is a lot of companies put in a lot of money for those competitive pools. And I think that Nintendo has proven itself to just be a company that doesn't care about that type of... They don't really care about press cycles. Yeah. They don't yeah. care about conventions. Like, they yeah. don't care about that well, stuff. Uh, I mean, across across the board, even in stuff like Pokemon, they have never oh, cared yeah. about esports. Yeah, because... You it, know, like, po- Pokemon players have been trying to get people to take them seriously for years as, like, a, as an actual esport. And it's partially because Nintendo refuses to kind of back yeah. a lot of us up. And, like, it's, it's, yeah. it's my whole thing is, like, whenever E3 happens, like... Uh, Xbox and Sony are fighting each other and Nintendo's just like walking around eating its ice cream by itself because it just doesn't care. I was going to say just kind of like what we've kind of talked about this whole episode of basically as long as you can space your games out and nostalgia and everything else you know release the same game five years maybe a little bit different tweaks people love it. Yeah. Like I said they're still talking about Smash Brothers from 99 Mario I mean Zelda I mean they haven't changed much they've added a few games but they're literally (laughs) just the same characters. I mean, and I think that that's something that makes the Smash community a commu- a fighting community that really kind of amazes me is because the bulk of the Smash of Smash's success, especially getting into Evo now, like that's fan driven. That's actually them yeah. doing it because they don't have the backing of something large, um, which I think makes it way more impressive than like a um, like a, trying to think than Capcom buying a stage and putting people on it. I mean, for years, people, there's a lot of people in Melee who were trying to get people to take them seriously for years because everyone was like, Smash is a party game, it's not a fighting game. Um, and I'm unfortunately one of those people. But <laughs> <laughs> but I, there was, it, it is kind of amazing, like you were saying, that it even still exists in the capacity that it does today, that people are still talking and playing and playing Melee. And there are people who follow like the Melee competitive scene. Um, just because... It, it, like the fans care that's the thing i really admire about smash fans more than anything else it's a passionate community um sometimes an overpassionate community um that can be kind of gatekeepy in certain aspects but for the most part it's just people who really like this video game who were like trying to get it taken seriously for for a really long time um and which which is why some of them have a chip on their shoulder about um certain things happening with like ultimate so like obviously since you talk about things this is a party game it more than a competitive game um how much i mean obviously i'm not gonna speak because i haven't played in forever and whatnot how much do you think the skill difference is uh between like your you know maybe your person who plays like you plays quite a bit versus an actual competitive person is there a giant skill gap if there's not a skill gap i mean some games it's like oh. a pro will never lose and there's other games where flip a coin and it could happen <laughs> Well, it's interesting, because I, pl- I play competitive Pokemon, and that's pretty much 95% of the time that is luck. That's like predicting and having a little bit of skill, but you don't know what you're... Po- it's all turn-based combat. Mm-hmm. This requires a lot a lot of skill. If I went over to a pro Smash player, even somebody who just kind of played in the tournament scene, I would get my butt handed to me on a silver platter in like five seconds, because I'm, just, I, I'm good amongst my friends, but I'm not, I don't take it seriously enough to be good at it, and there's so much like tech and combos and moves and learning when to dash and learning how to exploit a character's weaknesses or, or strengths that there's, there's kind of a big skill gap between like the, the quote-unquote casual player, which is what I am, and a competitive one. 
Like with most fighting games, I think, but... <laughs> I enjoyed Killer Instinct back from like 1996. And then I tried to play it back in 2012, and I was like, I can't do this. And then... I found that I just don't have time for fighting games anymore. That's fair. Because it's... It, because the barrier to entry is just so high and there's other stuff I want to play. Uh, even though I like Street Fighter. The cool thing about Smash Competitive is it was... Um, it's one of the few competitive scenes that has like a built-in community that is actively working to get women more involved and get them to pro level. Um, like, yeah. and, and like by actually housing events and it's more than one, than just one team. So you'll, you'll see it happen like League of Legends. Like League of Legends has like an all-female team. Um, but this is actually a community. So like Smash Sisters works to set up um, all-female tournaments and give them a space to progressively get better, which is a space that you lose a lot, um, that you usually don't have given like toxicity of like certain environments, especially with like all of what comes with fighting games. Um, and so that's something that is like really unique to Smash. Um, and like they just do a lot of work getting people involved in esports. Or women involved in esports, probably more than other esports. Smash is one of those things, and I've run into this, I can speak more about it in Pokemon, but it's a similar situation. Um, Smash is one of those things where if you go to a tournament, it's going to be all men, and they do not take women seriously. So the fact that there are people there, or people out there who are trying to get women into Smash is incredible. Um, you know, and, and then I think it's like with any other esport, there's just. I'm not entirely sure how to phrase this but the fact that smash cares about women in in esports is i just find it really cool and i wish that there would be more people out there that would do stuff like smash sisters and stuff like that yeah it's something that could be used in other esports and for, I, for some reason it just it so like, it's not it like the stuff. smite team no so four years ago well i guess we can put in the context of the uh, smite actual team so i guess i don't know if that's enough so essentially a few years ago smite wanted like an all-women team and so, kind of like what Kate said, they filled and they made an entire, like, basically an SPL team of all women. The problem was with doing so, probably only about one, I believe, one or two. Yeah. Like, the, their, there their was captain. Only one. There was yeah, one their, who deserved to be there. Their captain was amazing, who I believe still plays, mm-hmm. I believe today. And then the rest were just basically people because they wanted women and they just got annihilated. Yeah. And it ruined yeah. a lot of stuff. And then it also just ruined the, the, the poor woman who basically, who actually was probably the, deserved the it. best. Yeah. yeah. And, and and it's one of the things yeah. that you see happening in esports is they put together, well, this is our all female team. Here we go. We did it. And then it's like, well, that's not what it that's not what it's about. Like what makes Smash Sisters different is they're doing they're actually cultivating a community where women can compete and get to that top pro level and then go and and they talk about it whenever they do their interviews that their main goal at smash sisters is to create is to help nurture players who can then transition into the co-ed into the co-ed space like this isn't going to be what it always is it's about making sure that they have a space to grow and learn that other people don't have which is totally amazing because a lot of my problems with esports and the reason why I haven't gotten into the competitive Smash scene as much, Pokemon is different because like you don't have to, you play online all the time, yeah, um, and you can compete in like online tournaments. Nobody knows who you are. Um, but part of the reason why I never really, I went to a couple Smash tournaments and it was a horrendous experience. Just like constant, just constantly dudes like, oh, I never saw a girl play Smash before or anything like that. Um, and the fact that that exists and it's specifically like trying to create all female tournaments and like get women together to play smash so they can improve so they don't have to deal yeah. with people you know making 
idiotic comments and stuff like that is incredible. Yeah. It's just, I love it. And I, I really hope other esports esports areas take note of this and do something more like that because there is a large problem where like it's just about giving us a space where we can actually like if i'm getting harassed five hours out of the six that i have to play the game i'm not going to want to play that game to get better for that six hours i'm just going to turn it off yeah um so yeah smash sisters they're awesome (laughs) uh yeah i mean that's kind of everything i had for like the competitive scene section i think the only thing that i would add if you have time Go down the rabbit hole of the five gods of melee and all the drama that goes on with that, that craziness. <laughs> it's basically like the same five guys who basically ran the melee scene for like twelve years. The era's kind of gone because one of them's retired or one one of them's moved on to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. One of them has like health issues, something like that. But like these same five dudes just won stuff for like an entire decade plus Um, kind of like similar to like the five gods of street fighter the same the same way with melee and the most financially successful super smash brothers player easy isn't even the back the best player in the world so jason mew two king zimmerman um one of the five gods of melee made has made cumulatively one hundred and forty seven thousand dollars since 2005 Um, that goes I'm, back I'm to what you were saying about that, the small oh pools. Cumi- yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Cumi- that's what I was trying to like get to. Like, like he made what one dude made in injustice in October. <laughs> over his over, entire career. Over his total Smash career. Um, and then like um, Ash was mentioning earlier, with Super Smash Brothers out, it looks like the scene is definitely changing in the competitive play. Like there aren't any that, from what I can find, there weren't any tournaments scheduled for Super Smash Brothers four. Due to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate being out, and some of the best Melee players are already switching over to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, but I don't think that scene will ever die. I don't. I think it's just going to limp. So you're, you're gonna you're gonna have a yeah. You're gonna have a lot of guys who are gonna switch over to Ultimate for six months, and then when people get bored of the game, they're gonna go back to Melee. So yeah. I do have a question. Since we did talk about patching and whatnot, does Melee still get patched up? No. I don't think so. So, see, that's, pro- that's probably no wonder. I, that's still even more amazing. People still play that then. Because I understand, like, because obviously we yeah. have some games, like, you're like, oh, well, Counter-Strike and all the other stuff. Well, Counter-Strike's a little different because of Shooter, but, like, you have MOBAs and everything else that go, but they're, like, in even, like, Overwatch, per se, now. They're, like, they're different metas and thing, and ultimately, yeah. I mean, like, they can patch everything yeah. so we can consistently stay around longer. Yeah, I mean, I don't think your, I don't think your Counter-Strike thing, your thing is too far off so like for like the longest time the competitive scene of counter-strike people played 1.6 even though like source and go route i'm pretty sure there's still competitive 1.6 tournaments going on so i think it's really just like that kind of original flavor and then like whatever's coming out new yeah is how like this system is going to go so i don't know in five years the new console comes out i'm pretty sure it's going to be super smash brothers melee tournaments and then whatever super smash brothers super duper saying stuff when they put goku into it or something i don't know I will say, as like an outside observer to the community, there is an aspect where I can see people getting kind of tired with melee, and I can kind of see maybe in a few years, like ten years, maybe melee stop being played at the level that it is. I don't think people are ever going to stop playing melee, but maybe yeah. it won't show up at Evo. Yeah, and at the very least, with the Switch now, it's super easy to have your own lands and your own tournaments, even though online is still an issue for people, even though it's been like that forever. Do you have a question for Adrian though? Because I know that you've played, uh, you've played way more Smashes than like I have. So, and then I know we got Ash's opinion on it on whether it's like a party game or like fighter and how she feels. Do you think it? Do you, what do you think about it? Like, where do you fall in that like party game versus fighter piece? I mean, I think it just toes a line really well because all my fondest memories 
of Smash Brothers are playing at Couch Co-op. Yeah. Which is like, that's like a party game thing, right? But it's also like a fighting game where if you don't know how to play, you're going to get your ass kicked. <laughs> so I think it toes that line beautifully. And I think it's just like a non-traditional fighting game. Yeah. It's a, it's a sub-genre of fighting game. So it's, part, so it's a horror game. Yes. Thank, thank you, Matt. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, I think, I think it just toes the line. Uh, really, really well because it's not the traditional, you know, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, but it's still a fighting game. You're still fighting. Yeah. You're still punching people. I'd play that. I'd play this. I'd play Super Smash Bros. Ultimate if you put games in front of me. Like, here we're gonna play a fighting game. Other than Jump Force, like I'm playing Super <laughs> Smash Bros. over anything. Have you got to play Jump Force yet? Have either you or uh, Ash got to play Jump no, Force yet? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Sadly, it, you're if you love anime and shonen, you're gonna love it. If you're going there for mechanics, you're gonna hate it. <laughs> so great. So it's like Super Smash Brothers, but <laughs> um, yeah. So that's all. All I got. Uh, I'll get into the fan, but why those? Because we actually had way more than I thought we were gonna we get. Had a lot. For Super Smash Brothers. We we had a lot. I'm actually kind of surprised, but they all kind of revolve around the same thing, which I think is the best part of this game. Is kind of like the. Um, not nostalgia, like that sounds sometimes that memories. second shoot is like negative, but like the memories and just the couch co op stuff is what a lot of these center around. So, the first one we have is from Nico, uh, Nico underscore the underscore Auror, who is one of our lovely patrons and contributors at butwhythepodcast.com. Aside from Mario Kart, this game, uh, this is a game that puts friendships to the test. But aside from that, having so many of its iconic characters, Nintendo managed to create something amazing. Um, at Getsu083, Charles, one of our lovely patrons, and is... And contributors. It's sort of the concept that I would have come up with as a kid. All the various franchises mashed together. So much fun. A game truly designed and dedicated to the sheer joy of gaming. Plus, I would have never guessed some of the characters that would show up. Wouldn't believe it. Wouldn't believe it could be. And he almost didn't, unless he didn't go behind their back. <laughs> um, Jason Flats, at Flatter underscore you. So many hours on the couch with friends, siblings, and even my dad. Wish we can go back to the days of couch co-op. Get a switch. <laughs> <laughs> at Home Video Hustle, or um, Home Video Hustle at hvh podcast so many good times with smash my brother and me would play melee for hours and it was one of those few games he never got salty when i beat him lol i don't know if kate's brother can say the same um when we were playing ultimate yesterday so it matters to me because it brings back so many memories of hanging out with little bro and gaming that's such a quality fan but why though i like that one at isaiah mon uh at isaiah Montejano. Oh, Montano. I was like, what is that word? But it, I wasn't reading Spanish <laughs> when I was reading it. Uh, Super Smash Brothers 64. My parents had a Nintendo 64, and they bought Super Smash for my siblings and I from the Beluga. It's uh, one of those games on the 64 I spent most of the time playing with siblings and friends. Classic. Tex Frickin'. Tex Frickin'? Tex Frickin'. Tex Frickin'. All right. Not only is it basically a digital Nintendo museum, the gameplay is easy to understand and enjoy. It is it truly is a party game. Also, my sister and I have played 
every entry since the beginning and I bond and I bond and the bond I have with her playing is always prominent. I never thought of it as a digital Nintendo museum. I haven't but either. That's a really good. I like that a lot. That's a really good. <laughs> that's there a good go. point. That's, that, that's like a perfect description of it. Yeah. Uh, at Dr. Ragnarok, Super Smash Bros. is the very reason I became a gamer. It introduced me to so many franchises that I have otherwise that I otherwise would have never picked up. It also gave me a deeper appreciation for gaming, the gaming industry and turned me into a Fire Emblem junkie. Um, <laughs> I am in Sakuria's debt forever. I heard that a lot. That a lot of people got into Fire Emblem because of Super Smash Brothers. I did. I, that's the only reason I checked out Fire Emblem Awakening. Yeah, I was going to ask, are oh, there okay. any... That actually brings up another question. Are there any games that you all have played just because you used a character in Smash other than Fire Emblem now? Earthbound. Oh. Because I, I was like, who's this Ness guy? And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, that looks fun. <laughs> I think the only one... I mean, I played Metal Gear before Snake was in it, but like I played more Metal Gear after because of Snake. Does that count? Yeah, that sure. Yeah. Um, I liked Waligi more because he was in it, but you know how that goes. <laughs> no respect for Waligi. That's fine. Justice for Waligi. <laughs> <laughs> and then our last one is at M... MVIDI417, Super Smash Brothers is a very accessible fighting game series that is a tribute to all of uh, video game history. Also, something about Smash I really enjoy are the memes. And there are some really great memes in here that all surround Waligi, it looks like. A lot of these. I loved the Kirby memes that were around recently. The best one is watching Sonic attempt to swim. Oh, yeah, that's just sad. My my favorite one is Isabel, and she's like standing in the back. There's carnage in the background, and it says "Bold of you to assume I fear death," and it's just funny because it's Isabel. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the, the fanboy wilders talked about a lot about what we talked about today. So I think that is mission accomplished, and we can go play some Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Are there any characters y'all want to see in there that aren't in there? I'm I'm kind of good, man. Like, I'm okay with third-party characters coming in there, but, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, if they're in there, cool, but am I going to stop playing them to play my other characters? I don't know. I mean, this should surprise absolutely no one, but more Pokemon would be cool. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. That's a hot take right there. <laughs> bold. Bold take. Bold statement. Uh, bold statement from me, yes. Yeah. Uh, I would like Waligi back in the game. Other than Waluigi's another one. Yeah. <laughs> like, give my man some justice. I like to imagine that Sakurai's just sitting up there at Nintendo headquarters or whatever, and he's looking at the internet and he's going, "Why do people care about Waluigi all of a sudden?" I bet you Sakurai. About how I felt. Look at internet, because no, Nintendo. I know. I don't. I like, dude. Nintendo there's so many characters. Internet. You just couldn't put him back in the game. Come on, Sakurai. Just love, love like, me. Are you, are you sad Waluigi. because there's a Wii Fit person? And not. The fact that there's a Wii Fit person in there and not Waluigi is really Bro, you could put your me in there. Like, come on. <laughs> Wait, you can? Yes. Yes, you can. Me fighter. Oh! Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on that note, thank you so much, Ash, for coming on and talking with us. Um, thank you guys so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. We are going to have to have you back for a Nintendo episode because we still don't have one. 
but yeah, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs and your stuff? Uh, you can f- you can find uh, my personal Twitter at AirSatsAsh. Uh, you can find my show, The Safari Zone Podcast, at ButWhyThoughPodcast.com, along with some of my writing about anything and everything. Um, and you can find my other uh, podcast, my Star Wars podcast, at SW Skyhoppers on Twitter or wherever podcasts are found. It's the Skyhoppers podcast. Awesome. And as always, uh, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you listen. And if you want to join the conversation yourself, make sure you find us on all of our social media at ButWhyTheOPC. And you can find me at OhByMythRandier on Twitter. Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z-93. Matt? You can find me escaping one of the castles that Mario blows up. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. When I saw one of those videos last night, and it was hilarious. (laughs) Which I kind of want to send now, if I could find it again. <laughs>